Welcome to Big Dad Energy, the journey of parenting and adulting through the eyes of two young dads. I'm your co-host, Joe Lopez, and today it's just me. Um, Things have been a little weird. We've got some scheduling issues this fall. Um, We're kind of just both super busy with a lot of stuff. Um, So I have here a very special short episode for you guys. Hope you enjoy. All right. Hello, world out there. Um, It is Joe, and I am here with one of my favorite people in the world, my daughter, Cora. Can you say hi, Cora? Hi, Cora. <laughs> um, so I figured it might be fun to ask you a couple questions. Do you think you can answer some questions for me? I don't know. Okay, let's try. Cora, um, what is your favorite food? Um, donuts. Donuts? What kind of donuts? Um, sprinkled donuts. Sprinkled donuts. And what... Is your favorite activity? What do you like to do for fun? Um, play. Play what? Toys. Toys? What else do you like to do? You like to do a lot of stuff. Um, swing. Swing. You're really good at painting. Do you like to paint? Mm-hmm. And do you like to draw? Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite thing that you do at school? Um, play. Play. There's a lot of play. You like to play a lot. I see. Um, do you have a favorite story that we read? Um, I have lots of stories. Do you have a favorite one? Um, I have to go see my tablet. Okay, we'll see your tablet in a second. Hey, what's your favorite movie? Um, Mario. Mario. And that was interview time with Cora. She has now ran away. Thanks for listening. Bye. And now I present to you a dad reading of The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, from my surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore, nameless here for evermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain Thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entering, entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, that is, is, and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating, then no longer, "'Sir,' said I, "'or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore.' But the fact is, I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door, darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into the darkness peering, long I stood there wandering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token. And the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore? Then I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore! 
merely this and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see, then, what threat is. And this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind and nothing more. Open here, I flung the shutter, when with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mine of lord or lady perched above my chamber door. Perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wrote, Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, Are sure no craven? Ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore, Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little re relevancy bore, for we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door. Bird or beast upon the sculpted bust above his chamber door, with such name as nevermore. But the raven sitting lonely on the placid bus spoke only that one word as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, doubtless, said I, what it utters is it its only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master, whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, Straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of a bird, and bust and door, and then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing, to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core, this and more I sat, divining with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining with the lamplight gloated o'er, but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, nevermore. Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, Swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent me, by these angels he hath sent thee, respite, respite, and nepenth from my memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh quaff this kind nepenth, and forget this lost Lenore.
quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, think of evil, prophet, still if bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet, all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, think of evil, prophet still if bird or devil, by the heaven that bends above us, by what God we both adore, tell the soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels named Lenore, clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked. Upstarting, get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from my off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door, and his eyes have all seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamp light o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor, and my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. <laughs>